we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 21st, 2019. And today, about a 23-page uh, PDF to cover. And um, just going to try to, a whole bunch of different things we're going to be talking about today. A lot of very important things we're, we're going to be going over. And um, the first report here is just in time for Halloween. The Satanic Temple opens the new headquarters in Salem, Massachusetts, which is where you always associate witchcraft with Salem, Massachusetts, the Salem witch hunts. Uh, they, the Satanic Temple opens new headquarters in Salem, Massachusetts with massive statue of Baphomet greeting visitors. Baphomet beating, meaning you know the goat of Mendez, the, the androgynous horn god, you know. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So, <clears throat> that's something to consider regarding Halloween. All those who love God and your kids don't celebrate the devil's night. Really considered, Halloween's really considered the highest um, satanic holiday on the satanic calendar now i've covered the occult holidays before christmas and ishtar and uh halloween and may day which is may 1st and, and the whole the valentine's day i've done almost dedicated studies on all of those you can key any of those in you can key in occult holidays i've done several studies on these subjects and um over the years those are all accessible at contendingfortruth.com just go to the search box and, and type any combination of words you want into there and you'll most likely find them this report starts out by saying america has existed since 1776 and never at any time did satanism or anything connected with the devil become a visible open segment of our society until the previous decades now in 2019 we see groups like the satanic temple not only operating openly but registered with the United States government as an officially recognized 501c3 tax-exempt church, which is the exact same designation all the other churches in America, including 99% plus of all, quote, Christian churches, are also under that designation. So understand, you know, any 501c3 church, they're, they're all in one big conglomerate group and all the pagan religions that have that designation all the christian churches the satanic churches they are all under that same banner and that that's the same banner that is on the same train track going down the same road and it's called one world church under antichrist and false prophet that's where ultimately it's all heading because at some point the 501c3 christian churches are going to have to get into compliance with what the Antichrist and the false prophet demand of them. <clears throat> now, if you haven't heard my teachings on 501c3 churches, just key that designation in 501c3 at contendingfortruth.com and uh, why I believe it's extremely unbiblical to um, ask the state for permission and to actually literally create the church that you have. I, I see no Bible whatsoever for that and it's one of the main reasons the church is in the shape that it's in and it's been so thoroughly gelded and is so thoroughly asleep for the most part 
is because of that one aspect alone, the 501c3 aspect. It's like a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump, and it's permeated through the church. So how did we get to this point? Well, one of the main ways we got here was in the promotion of Halloween to multiple generations of impressionable young children. All those cute little costumes dripping with fake blood and rubber knives that we applaud as we hand them candy. Yeah, now we have a generation of adults who are taking that to its logical conclusion, the open celebration of Satanism. Now, I had given you part of this verse, but Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, but it also says, and to hate also pride, arrogancy, and the evil way. And the froward mouth do I hate. And this is the Lord talking, essentially. Froward. What is the definition of froward? Strong's Concordance, and this is a, you know, from what I could gather, this is the definition from Strong's. Perverse, deceit, or fraud. The froward mouth. Noah Webster, 1828. Froward means perverse, that is turning from with aversion or reluctance, not willing to yield or comply with what is required in a righteous way, obviously. Unyielding, ungovernable, disobedient, peevish as a froward child. So that's what the full definition of froward actually means. That's something the Lord hates. John 8, 44, ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. Going back to this report, the other way we arrived at this point is because it appears that God's protective hand is being removed from America, and wickedness is being allowed to rise dramatically. And the strong delusion, I'm telling you, is in full, full effect. And we're going to talk about that more later. Mass shootings have risen, thousands of, well, a lot of that's the government though, but MK Ultra mind control slaves being triggered. Thousands of babies aborted each each day. Well, really, each, if you look worldwide, it's over 100,000 every day. Sunday sports is replacing Sunday worship of the one true God. This is how we got here. We've been shouting at God to leave us alone ever since the wicked 1960s, and we have reached the point where he is answering that request. I say, I say this to Christians who defend your celebration of Halloween. I say this to Christians who defend your celebration of Halloween, which is the devil's holiday. So if we go inside the satanic temple, of, uh, we see this uh, Lucian Greaves or whatever, and he's got his nice Baphomet statue inside the uh, Satanic Temple in Salem. And I, I, I've heard that, you know, you go to Salem as a Christian and you go out on the streets and you try to, I mean, it's like the witches are there. They are there ready to engage. That's, they believe that's their territory. I've, I've seen reports of it. And here you have a Satanic Temple, which is the perfect place for it in Salem, Massachusetts. And it's, it's the... Um, it's Baphomet, the goat god. He's got wings and he's got the nice caduceus symbol right on his right on his stomach, which is neat because that's the symbol of the medical profession. And I, you know, caduceus symbol right there. The snakes intertwined around the the pole. It's totally wicked. Now I understand you could go back and look at the story of Moses. Just key in caduceus in the keyword search box. It's not the way it's used now. 
it's essentially the symbol of sorcery. And um, I've done, I know, probably two to three studies where we talked about the Caduceus symbol. And it's got two adoring children, one girl and one boy, looking up at Satan, essentially, but Baphomet, the horned goat god, in adoring fashion, like he's their savior. And this Lucian Greaves guy is there looking on. And I mean, you know, it's absolute total satanic insanity, what we're dealing with here. And this is the statue this guy's got erected in this uh, satanic temple. From the Boston Herald, it says, We went behind the scenes to get a glimpse at the local at the group's local headquarters and see what it's like for the satanists next door amid the witchy hoopla of downtown salem the international headquarters of satanic temple occupies an antique home that's save for the facade of a pitch black clapboard looks unassuming on the front porch hangs a wreath of a wreath of kindling in the shape of a goat's head uh, inside it's every goth teen's victorian dream home oh isn't that wonderful a grand yet chilling staircase stands in the entranceway, off to which branch rich rooms decorated with elegantly creepy touches like heavy dark carved woodwork, velvet damask wallpaper, and a glass display cases filled with twisted artifacts. You, you, you see how the Satanic Herald, I mean the Boston Herald, is trying to make this look as appealing and as exciting as they possibly can. Well, because they're all part of it. They're mainstream media. Ultimately, all the mainstream media is, is owned by, like, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and these types of groups. Which, again, like I said last week, also own, like, the power companies, like PG&E. And they also, coincidentally, own Trump. Yeah. He's been their man for decades. They've owned him for decades. They've got him out of every bankruptcy he's went into for decades well-known easily provable fact but everybody thinks now that trump's our savior pretty much in alternative media doesn't matter what you tell them doesn't matter what you show them they keep going back to the fact that trump is going to be our savior over and over and over and it's getting worse and i'm in absolute disbelief about just the whole thing it's we're going to get into that more later i i probably need to just shut up about that right now unlike any fixer upper you might see on hg hgtv the temple's notorious baphomet statue dominates the main sitting room unsurprisingly the house once served as a funeral home imagine that well they like the vibes the satanists throw dinner parties created by adam dodge aka the satanic chef hold candle making classes and have a lively disclosure over tea as a tax-exempt church, a federal designation it received in April, they do host weekly non-theistic, non-supernatural services at the temple. They're one of many. It's been 501c3 for a long, long time of the satanic origins. Now, I've done uh, whole studies on this subject, and I reposted my teaching here in the PDF, Halloween, Human Sacrifice, Stonehenge, and the Wicker Man. Uh, did this all the way back in October 21st of 2007. So like, you know, I don't know. Probably not even a year into the ministry. Because I knew it was so important. I knew this needed to be covered. And it, when, I was repo when I was posting things on um, Sermon Audio back then, it wasn't something that there was a ton of teachings on. 
And yeah, so I give you that. Or you can just key in Halloween in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com. Everything's free. The PDFs are free. In this teaching, we will be taking an extensive, shocking look at virtually all the Halloween traditions modern-day humanity currently embraces. Halloween is not just innocent entertainment. Its symbols and practices breathe new life into dark rituals and symbols of past civilizations. Satan's main strategy has always been to tempt people to love what God hates. Yeah, that's what it's really all about. Has always been to tempt people to love what God hates. And then prompt them to pursue his enticing path and deceive them into thinking this new way is good. Since his strategies don't change, God's warning in Proverbs 14.12 is as relevant now as it was in King Solomon's day. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. For, for most Christians, I dare say, they think it's fine to celebrate Halloween. It's fine. There's no problem with it. It's just innocent entertainment. It's the highest satanic holiday of the year. It should be something that all churches are praying against, you know, starting at the, you know, at least starting at the beginning of October and then moving up to and trying to expose and trying to educate their congregants. But it's not, for the most part. It's not anything that's even probably talked about in most churches hey they even celebrate it in churches now trunk or treat things they do i've i've heard in all the other ways that the churches have embraced halloween it's unbelievable most people follow the masses and the masses follow the media especially when it promotes thrills and adventures that feed the lust of forbidden thrills the occult is always focused on gory images of violence death and destruction we see it in today's media, music, and movies. As people become desensitized to occult violence and horror, the images in the popular entertainment grow increasingly and indescribably evil. Yet this is old news. Thousands of years ago, God warned us, all those that hate me love death. Proverbs 8.36 So if anyone loves Halloween, well, what's the one of the biggest, thing that, biggest things that Halloween symbolizes? Death. Human sacrifices and animal sacrifices taking place all over the earth. A lot of times they coordinate it at 12 o'clock midnight. So I, it would kind of depend what time zone you're in. But if you love Halloween, it's essentially like telling God you love death. And God says all those that hate me love death. So, something to think about. So I'll give you the links for those two. I had this um, letter from a listener, Linda, and she said I this was regarded, it was listening to your teaching on 10-21-12, part four, which includes ways to pray regarding Halloween. I forgot I'd even done this. In it, you cover some very good points and you may want to reconsider reposting it. I did. Um, I'm sending this out on my newsletter, but I'm also going to cover it now. See below, uh, Halloween will soon descend upon us. In it, you state that we should be actively praying weeks before this abominable day, as this is when the Luciferians are actually collecting their victims for sacrificing. Yes. Not two days before. Yes. And I, I know I've had listeners telling me they're 
they're going to be praying like the three days up to the 31st. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying if they've already collected all their victims, both animal and human, and they've already done all the things preemptively to get to that point, I just feel like the prayers would be better if you actually were doing it ahead of time, like a preemptive strike ahead of time, as opposed to waiting until when the actual sacrifices are, you know, do as the Lord leads you. I'm just saying there's something to think about both ways on that. Uh, but again, do as the Lord leads you. Uh, she says, I couldn't agree more. God bless you. Thank you for your hard work. And then she said, P.S. I was just checking out the PDF for your teaching you posted, which I'm going to repost below on ways to pray for Halloween. You refer to a book called War on the Saints and include links to each chapter. Guess what? Well, that book is gone. It's taken down. Now, I did some checking around the web and you can still find it here. So she gives you the new updated link on War on the Saints. You can you can go buy it as well. But um, that's a really good one for spiritual warfare. Now, I post the link here. End time current events, 10-21-12. So I did this right before Halloween back in 2012, part four. And the, the table of contents is Sony releases a... Sony sets a release date for Wonderbook, the Book of Spells. Nice, from J.K. Rowling. New bundle announced. Uh, listener comment on devils and orbs. Biblical proactive actions that make a difference when dealing with evil entities. And then also I covered ectofog, trail spirit fog exposed. These are all a lot of things you'll see on like paranormal shows. And then also the last part is ways to pray regarding Halloween. So you might want to revisit that. And I give you the link here in the PDF for uh, October 21st, 2019. I, I was actually, wow, that was, uh, that was 2012. Um, seven years to the day. Seven years ago, I did this one. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and play this uh, video, this short video. It's called True Versus False Repentance Easily Explained by Derek Prince. Now, it's very important that we understand what repentance is. Repentance is not an emotion. I've seen many times preachers will seek to work people up into an emotional attitude and then call them to faith in Christ. And very, very often that leads to a letdown because they, the emotion runs out and they're left with nothing. Now that's why the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And again, the heart is the seat of emotions essentially. So you got to be really careful with emotions. You know, he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Now, I'm not saying your heart will always deceive you. If you're, if you're light of the spirit, it won't. But you got to be careful. You get in the flesh. You get in that, that emotional heart mode. It can be very, very risky. So, you know, understand that. So bear in mind, repentance as defined in the Bible is not an emotion. It is a decision. It doesn't spring from the emotions, it springs from the will. If we can reach people's will and turn their will, we will see permanent conversions. 
Many of the so-called conversions in the church today are impermanent because they have never really changed the will of the person. They've had an emotional experience, they've got excited, maybe they've felt wonderful for a few weeks or months or even years, but in the end they don't have what it takes to go through because their will has not been touched. Now, you know there are two main languages of the Bible, Greek of the New Testament and Hebrew of the Old. And each of those languages has a specific word for repent. But only if we put the two languages together do we get the full meaning of repentance. The Greek word in secular language is always translated to change your mind, to change the way you think. So, first of all, repentance is changing your mind about the way you've been living. I've been living to please myself, to do my own thing. From now on, I'm going to live to please Jesus, my Savior. It's a decision. As I said before, it is not an emotion. You can repent without any obvious emotion, but you cannot repent without a change of your will. And then the Hebrew word, and this is so typical of the Jewish people because they're a very down-to-earth people. They want to know, well, what does it work out at? And the Hebrew word for repent means literally to turn around. You've been facing one way, the wrong way, with your back to God. You turn 180 degrees, face toward God and say, God, here I am. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. So you put the two together and you have a complete picture of repentance. And faith comes only after repentance. The whole message of the Bible is in this order, repent and believe. There are lots of people, and some of them are here this morning, who are struggling for faith. The truth is, you're not struggling for faith. You've never met the condition of repentance. You see, it's the first of the six foundation doctrines. And if you don't have that foundation stone in place, your building will always be wobbly. I have counseled over the years hundreds of people, hundreds of Christians, who've come with their personal problems. And after a, a lot of experience, I came to this conclusion. At least 50% of the problems of professing Christians or real Christians are due to one fact they have never truly repented. They have never really changed their mind. They've never really made a decision. They've never really surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus in their lives. They're still thinking about decisions from this point of view. Now, if I do this, what will it do for me? And if I do that, what will it do for me? When you've repented, that's not the way you think. You think, if I do this, will it glorify Jesus? If I do that, will it glorify Jesus? And so we have multitudes of people, I think especially young people, but not only young people, who are double-minded. And the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He doesn't have a solid foundation. He, doesn't, he can't produce a stable building. So I invite you, just where you are right now, quietly to reflect for a few moments and ask yourself, have I ever really, truly repented? 
Or am I still double-minded? On Monday, my aim is to please Jesus. On Tuesday, my aim is to please myself. You see, you've got the worst of both worlds, actually. You'd be better off just living in the world, living for yourself. Because you're a double-minded person, you're a split personality. Now we have to go on with the nature of repentance. There is one parable that Jesus told, which is the most vivid and perfect illustration of true repentance. It's the parable of what we call the prodigal son. Though somebody else has said it should be called the caring father. You remember the story in Luke 15, most of you know it. The second son of a wealthy family decided to get all his inheritance from his father right now and went off to a distant country and lived it up. He did, he spent, he did all sorts of sinful things and then when he'd spent his whole inheritance a famine came and the only job he could get was feeding pigs and you have to remember he was Jewish so for him to feed pigs was just as low as he could come without any slight on pig farmers. We're not saying anything against them, but it just so happens that for the Jewish people, the pig is right outside. And so here he is in rags, feeding the pigs, hungry, wishing he could fill his stomach with the husks that the pigs are eating. And then this is what happens. Verse 17 of Luke 15. When he came to himself, he said, Oh, that's the point you have to come to. You have to come to yourself. What I call the moment of truth. You have to see yourself as you really are. You have to see yourself as God sees you. When he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hard servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm not no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hard servants. Now you see the two elements, because it goes on to say, and he arose and came to his father. He made a decision and he turned around. That's repentance. Making a decision and carrying your decision out, going back to the Father whom you have offended, to the God who loves you, saying, I've made a mess of my life. I can't run my own life. I need you. Will you take me back? The wonderful thing is he planned to say to the Father, make me as one of your hard servants. But when he started out, his Father was watching for him. I think this is so beautiful. That's how God is. When we begin to turn, he's watching for us and waiting for us. And the father saw him a long way off and ran to meet him. That's how God is. That's how he meets us. And he kissed him. And he never let him say those last words. Make me as one of your hard servants. He said, bring out the best robe. Put a ring on his finger sandals on his feet and kill the padded calf. That's the result of true repentance. 
It's worth repenting to be welcomed like that by God. That's the picture. Just think about it for a moment yourself. He came to himself. He said, I've made a mess of my life. I've wasted everything my father gave me. But I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to go back to my father and say, I'm sorry. And he turned and went. Think about that. That is true repentance. Repentance in action. Now there can be a false repentance, which we in English today call remorse. Judas experienced that, described in Matthew 27. Verse 3 and following. Then Judas, the betrayer of Jesus, Jesus, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back for 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Judas had remorse, but he never changed. In fact, I believe he passed the point where he could change. And to me, this is a solemn thought. People can, in this life, pass the point where it's possible for them to change. I think the most significant moment in any human life is the moment when God begins to deal with you about repenting. And if you shrug your shoulders and say, well, I'm not interested, maybe later, there's no guarantee that God will ever deal with you again. The most, the most critical moment in any human life is the moment when God says, repent. I'm willing to take you back. I love you. I want you. I've, I've considered what I've seen in people's lives and in the Bible. And I've come to the conclusion that there's one thing that makes God really angry. And it is despising his grace. He freely offers us his grace. But if we despise it, he turns in anger. So <clears throat> we have that, some very sobering things there. Derek Prince, uh, biblical, extremely biblical, a lot to consider there. Um, just some more Bible before we get into the other part of the study. Psalm 18, uh, just different verses in Psalm 18. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom will I trust? My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him. 
even unto his ears. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. So I understand that, you know, yes, we're, we're, we're to pursue the righteousness in Christ through Christ Jesus. But we also, we need to have our own personal righteousness through the Lord, obviously. It's through the Lord always. But it said he rewarded me according to my righteousness. Meaning he was living, you know, a righteous life at that point. According to the cleanliness of my hands that he recompensed me. So he had clean hands before God. Now I understand David did a lot of stuff that after this, you know, you can look at Bathsheba and um, uh, some of the stuff David did, but he ultimately did repent like what Derek Prince was talking about. He ultimately saw what he had done and repented from those things that he had done. And I mean, it was some bad stuff he did regarding Bathsheba and Uriah the Hittite, her, her husband and... I mean, man, I was that was some raw stuff he did there. I mean, it, it. I mean, it's premeditated murder of an innocent man who had done nothing and who would have died for him. And he, he killed him. Put him at the front of the battle. And let him die. I mean, man, oh wow. But David was a man after God's own heart. You know, the Bible says that you know. Right, uh, Lot vexed his righteous soul from day to day from the things that he saw. You know, and Lot ended up sleeping with his daughters. I mean, I understand they got him drunk, but I mean, yeah, that's some crazy stuff. You know, hard to comprehend, but I guess it shows us how merciful God can be when we don't refuse His grace and we truly ultimately repent you look at david david you look at lot i mean man you know and i'm not judging trust me i'm not judging but it's it's an example though it's an example so the lord rewarded me according to my righteousness according to the cleanness of my hands that he recompensed me for i have not for i have kept the ways of the lord and have not wickedly departed from my god for all of his judgments were before me, and I did not put away statutes from me. I was upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness. He was living, at that point in his life, he was living a righteous life. According to the cleanness of my hands and his eyesight. But that was the prerequisite for God delivering him. So again, this whole thing about repentance, you know... If we've got, you know, stuff in our life that needs to be repented of, that needs to be dealt with, and we're and we're unwilling to do that, then we really can't expect God to deliver us from any respective situation that we're in because we're not fulfilling any of the requirements for God's deliverance or intervention, which is living 
you know, a righteous life. Now I understand all of our righteousness are as filthy rags apart from Jesus Christ. Talking through the Lord, living that way. I'm not talking about something where you point your own righteousness and say, oh, look, look, I'm so wonderful and I'm so good and God, you need to, you know, deliver me because I'm such a great person or whatever. I mean through the Lord, you know, and not of works lest any man should boast, okay? So it's a balance there, you know, and, and a lot of that also has to do with humility before God. If you're humble before God and you, you um, that, that goes a long, long way. You know, you can't go to God in pride and arrogancy. Those are the things that God hates. He just, we just gave you that verse. So, verse 29, for by thee I've run through a troop. And this is skipping ahead a little bit. By thee, meaning God, I've run through a troop. And by my God have I leaped over a wall. So this gets into like spiritual warfare. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He make my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. This is in the current vernacular of Christianity, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities and, and the spiritual wickedness in high places. So this is the primary context. If I was a Christian, I would try to apply it to our life from the spiritual standpoint, applying this spiritually. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Now in David's day, it was more of a absolute total physical hands-on type of warfare but new testament wise i think the context has changed you know uh to a to a certain extent now, i'm not saying god couldn't put you in a position where you were literally battling wickedness um you know in today's day and age obviously there's a lot of wickedness around us but you have to look at what is emanating and operating through the wickedness that you're actually dealing with typically always evil spirits so thou hast also given me a sh the shield of thy salvation and thy right hand hath holden me up and thy gentleness hath made me great thou, thou hast enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip i have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them neither did i turn again till they were consumed and again i would apply this in a spiritual context more than anything dealing with your spiritual enemies which are actually the real which is really the real war that we're engaged in because even if you're dealing with wicked humans okay what's emanating and operating and making them evil well it's the evil spirits that are dwelling in them so that's why i say with psalm 64 that's the primary context which i pray that in precatory prayer i have wounded them that were not able to rise they are fallen under my feet for thou hast girded me with strength under the battle. Thou hast subdued me under those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies, that I might destroy them that hate me. They cried, but there was none to save them, even under the Lord. But he answered them not. Then did I beat them small as the dust before the wind. I did cast them out as the dirt in the streets. Yeah, amen. 
Amen. But again, more of a spiritual context there. Um, going into the first, one of the first reports here, uh, the dues, directed energy weapons, are being used openly to incinerate Americans by the thousands. Think it's just a conspiracy? The DOD says it's not, so I'm just going to play a, a short video here. At around 9.45 p.m. on Sunday, October 8th of 2017, the Tubbs fire began in Northern California. And by the time the sun came up, over a thousand homes were destroyed. Videos and photographs show how this so-called forest fire seemed to spare the wild yeah. and somehow jump from house to They're house. They're showing the aerial views and it is just unbelievable. Guys, they are literally incinerating people, animals, buildings from above and sparing all of the vegetation around the buildings. The trees are still green within feet of buildings that are burned so hot that they're melted into their own footprint. There's no way a forest fire could even, I mean, some of these are parking lots this is happening in where there's no way the fire could even reach the building. I mean, this is, this should be the front news story on every paper across America. How is this happening? Well, it's the dues weapons. It's, I mean, it's so incomprehensible. And Trump is on board with this. He, he went out to the Paradise Fires. Oh yeah, you know, I can't believe that, you know, these forest fires did all this or what. He's part of the narrative. He's not doing anything to stop any of this. The Rothschilds are the ones that are behind this and they own Trump. They own PG&E who's also part of this. The smart meters, not only are they prone to exploding, but they were used as homing devices for the dues weapons that were hitting them up above with these directed energy weapons that were melting these structures right into their footprints. And any human or animal that was in them were included. CNN reported that the so-called forest fire jumped to the freeway. Yeah. Yeah, it's, going, it's jumping to the freeway now. Where you've got cars on the freeway that are randomly exploding in fire. And one car over, like in front of them or behind them, and they're showing pictures from above, are totally unscathed. I don't know whether they've got it down to the tracking where if you're on one of their lists, they, they can find out where you're at through your smartphone most likely or through your the tracking, maybe your OnStar system in your car, and they're, and they're incinerating you right from above. It's the perfect cover. Well, hey, there's a forest fire going on. So they can, it's just open season to kill anybody who's on whatever list they want to kill. You got to conserve the bone in your body while well, you're on the list. And I'm not saying they're not killing other people because, I mean, ultimately, the devil wants to kill everybody. But, I mean, it, it, you, you, look, these pictures are unbelievable. They're showing here. The photographs show cars with melted trails of aluminum alloys yeah. from what must have been an unprecedented amount of power. The average forest fire burns at 1,100 degrees Fahrenheit. Aluminum alloys will melt at temperatures between 1,200 and 2,000 degrees. But many of these cars were nowhere near a forest fire. No, no, they're on the road and it's showing one car melted into the road and it shows the trees in the background and they're totally untouched. There's no, totally untouched. 
I mean, this is beyond a smoking gun. No, no pun intended. And mainstream media won't touch it. Most and alternative media won't touch it. Uh, there is no way a forest fire could make the metal on a car melt right into the ground. And these cars aren't even near the forest fires. They're on like highways. And it's showing you pictures here in the video. If you haven't seen these pictures, watch this video. I provide you the link uh, in the PDF for this date. You can see for yourself. Some cars were flipped over. Yeah. The heat must have been intense. Yeah, how did that Not happen? Not only was it able to melt aluminum alloy, but consistently, every home that caught fire was leveled to white powdery ash yep. in less than 12 hours. By October 31st, the Tubbs fire had destroyed 5,643 buildings. PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric. PG&E was found responsible for 16 of the fires, over $10 billion in damages. All of this while producing $1 billion a year in profits for the Rothschild Investment Group. PG&E warned the public that the fires will not just continue, but will grow larger every season. They warn their investors that future liability will force PG because they know what they have planned into bankruptcy. In June, utility officials told state lawmakers that they needed protection to survive the coming fire season. And on August 31st, California state legislature passed a utility bailout bill to protect PG&E, its shareholders, and Rothschild Investment. Rothschild. At sunrise, same ones that own Trump. Is on Thursday, November 8th. The campfire wildfire began in California. It has all the same anomalies as the Tubbs fire and is already twice as devastating. Many people are asking the same question. Is this an attack? In 2003, yeah. Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld and General Richard Myers admit to the development of directed energy weapons and microwave technology. In 2003, they openly admitted to this. They've got whole websites up on the internet you can go see where they talk about their dues weapons, what they can do, how they can kill the enemy, how they can incinerate them. And they're using them on our own populace and to, and to annihilate our own populace to get them off the land that they want to take back for satan for the new world order to do whatever they're going to do with it and to, and to ultimately hurt us all into stack and pack cities where we can be easily controlled george orwellian brave new world style in 2017 lockheed martin shoots drones out of the sky with an invisible laser beam that burns them from the inside out the technology exists the evidence is there but the motive Perhaps it could be found in the United Nations Agenda 21, wherein certain areas of the country are proposed to be off-limits to human use. Yep. It just so happens that these strange California fires seem to all be within the proposed no-human-use areas. Yep. Exactly. New regulations and insurance policies are preventing homeowners from rebuilding. And meanwhile, they claim it is the new normal and are now claiming it is a phenomenon of global warming. One thing is for certain, the governor of California has already assured that the people will pay for all of the damages. <laughs> this is Greg Reese reporting for InfoWars. Oh, so wicked, so stinking wicked. And now the rest of this video is all silent documentation. It goes for another 
four minutes. Silent documentation, U.S. Naval Institute, Unleashed Directed Energy Weapons is all going to their own websites, openly admitting that they have these weapons, showing you all of the proof right out here. They're not trying to hide this. It's almost like the the Kabbalist principle of they have to show you what they're doing to you before they do it in order for the game to be square, in order for the game to be fair from a Luciferian standpoint. And the rest of the video is all that, essentially. So, uh, it's all openly admitted. And you can watch the rest of that if you like. Uh, next report. FEMA abducts Northern Californians. Now, if they're willing to incinerate people in their own homes and to commit mass murder of the population, this next video is tame in comparison to incinerating whole families in their own homes. Okay, so I'm going to play this. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Michael here from Twisted Truth and TwistedTruth.net. I have a short article to read. It will take me a few minutes and I will let you go. The title, title of the article is FEMA Abducts Northern Californians. And I will read. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, has sunk to a new low, allegedly abducting traumatized Californians from portable restrooms the agency had strategically placed around Northern California counties in the aftermath of PG&E's unprecedented power disruption. Early last Now, if you want to know more about that, go back to my last teaching I did last week where I got into all of the wicked evil nefarious stuff regarding these power outages that PG&E did on purpose by design and this is one of the the reasons they did it is what he's covering in this video PG&E announced it would temporarily cut power to nearly 800,000 residents a PG&E spokesperson had said especially dangerously high winds which never materialized might damage or destroy the company's fossilized transmission lines and create a repeat of last year's killer wildfires, which left nearly 2 million acres scorched and 100 dead, the worst toll in the state's history. This year, PG&E said it took precautions to prevent a repeat performance. Part of those precautions, in precautions included the creation of, quote, community resource centers, unquote, which are basically parking lots equipped with bottled water, air-conditioned tents, charging stations, and soiled porta-potties for people desperate to relieve themselves. Relief stations sprouted up in West Marin County near Muir Woods and Mount Tamalapis, uh, the dry hills of Lake County and Wine County counties like Napa and Sonoma, the first areas to lose power. While PG&L, PG&E helped construct the makeshift stalls, its employees did not staff them. That responsibility fell to local authorities, civilian aid agencies, and, in at least one instance, agents of FEMA. One such relief station was located at 7351 Tompkins Hill Road, Eureka, one of the first cities to lose power. Nearby residents flocked to it to charge their phones or use one of the 50 portable bathrooms in the College of the Red Room's parking lot. Edward Hidalgo... So in other words, they're creating the problem 
and where you can't even use your own bathroom, where they know that people are going to flock to these stations to get power, to charge the phones, to use the bathroom. Again, again, and this is beta testing too. They're, they're seeing what tactics work best to get people to do what they want them to do. 53, who lives a quarter mile away, said his wife Gloria mysteriously vanished from the aid station and that he believes FEMA is responsible or at least concealing knowledge of her disappearance. At approximately 9.30 p.m. Friday, she walked the short distance to the relief center to charge her cellular phone and use the, the restroom, while he stayed home to repel any would-be looters that might have been casing their residence. Mr. Hidalgo said his wife was an avid walker who often took evening strolls through the upscale neighborhood. When she had not returned at 10.30, Mr. Hidalgo tried without success to reach her cell phone and then drove to the emergency station hoping to find her. <clears throat> what he saw chilled his bones. Three armed FEMA agents approached his vehicle, insisted he identify himself, and demanded to know his business. Quoting him, I told him I was looking for my wife, that she had gone there. Without a moment's hesitation, a FEMA guy told me, your wife isn't here, and told me I had to leave unless I was using the restroom or charging okay, station. Again, and you see FEMA, just think Satan. Okay? Think Lucifer. You see FEMA, Homeland Security, understand they're there for very, very wicked, evil, nefarious purposes in the vast majority of the cases, especially in a situation like this. They said I couldn't loiter and wouldn't let me look around the parking lot for my wife. <laughs> so guy's missing his wife. She went up there and they're like, no, get out of here. We don't care. Get out of here. We don't want our scam to be exposed. We don't, wanna, we don't want people to be poking around too much. We don't care that your wife is gone, okay? Even though she came here. You have no rights. Get out of here. I felt my life was in danger. Undaunted. Now, I gotta say this. On God's green earth, why would you let your wife jog or walk up to some FEMA aid station when all the power was out amidst chaos that you're not even aware of by herself? Never in a million years would I let that happen. Okay? So you know bear that in mind they're gonna pick off people like his wife when they're isolated and by themselves if he would have went up there with her i seriously doubt this would have happened i wouldn't have went up there at all but i'm just saying if there's strength in numbers and they don't want witnesses and if you're by yourself you're prime prime your prime target to be picked off he parked his car beyond the fence that encircled the parking lot and staked out the area for any sign of his wife. He waited and waited, but she never showed. However, Mr. Hidalgo said he witnessed an event that rattled his nerves, quoting him again. I had a clear view of the parking lot from where I was parked. The place was awash in flood lamps powered by portable generators. The FEMA people hung out, quote, out of order, unquote, signs on all but three of the restrooms. So they, the FEMA people hung out-of-order signs on all but three of the restrooms. And it was the parking lot was extremely well lit. It was awash with light, so he could see this very well. 
saw a woman I did not recognize enter one of them, and she never came out. I know this because ten minutes later another person entered the same stall, and it was empty. It was hey, a... Are you getting the, the that? They've got these specific portable restrooms, which I think are different than... than I, I think he even showed a picture of them. They're larger than your normal porta potty from the picture that I had seen. And people are going in and they're not coming out. Because he saw a lady go into one and 10 minutes later another lady went in to the same one. And nobody had come out of the one at all. So... It's some type of abduction thing that they're pulling off. And again, if they're willing to incinerate people into the footprints of their own homes, is this anything that we would really be surprised about? If it swallowed up the woman who had been using it. I spent the rest of the night driving around looking for Gloria, he said. The next morning, after daybreak, he returned to the scene of the crime to discover that half the restrooms had been removed and that Red Cross volunteers had replaced the FEMA agents that guarded the parking lot the night previous. Red Cross is pure evil, too, just so you know. I could do a three-part study on them as well. So they're working in conjunction with FEMA, with local law enforcement, with the corrupt factions. And I think a lot of times it's the corrupt factions they know are on board prior to them going to a particular area because not all sheriff's areas or, or these types of things are wicked or corrupt, but the ones that are, then they know that they can work with them and do whatever nefarious thing they're trying to do. He asked a Red Cross employee why FEMA had been tasked with guarding a community assistance station and was told, quote, FEMA was never here. Huh. Who told you FEMA was here, unquote. <laughs> so now the Red Cross is saying, you know, this is the whole gaslighting thing. What do you mean? FEMA was never here. What are you talking about? You must be going crazy. Gaslighting at, at its finest, okay? That they were never even here. What are you talking? We might have to admit you to an insane asylum. And your wife said she came up. FEMA was never even here, man. And we've removed all those restrooms now. Oh, really? Wow. So it's total gaslighting now at this point from this guy. I mean, this is so satanic. That day. Mr. Hidalgo filed a missing person report with the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office. A sheriff's deputy, he said, greeted him with... So half the restrooms had been removed and that the Red Cross volunteers had been replaced, the FEMA agents, the guard of the parking lot the previous night. And then that's when he said he asked a Red Cross agent why FEMA had been tasked with guarding the community assistance station. He was told FEMA was never here. Who told you FEMA was here? Oh, oh boy. And hostility. Quoting him again, they were more interested in microscopically looking to see... Okay, now let me let me back up so you don't miss that one, that part. That day, Mr. Hidalgo filed a missing person report with the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office. A sheriff's deputy, he said, greeted him with apathy and hostility. Quoting him again... Humboldt County is probably, if not the most wicked, evil, corrupt county in California... It's right up there. They're the ones that have the massive amounts of um, uh, cartel activity. Um, there's been whole documentaries on it put out there and how I believe the cartels are working with the government. And um, it, it's wicked. 
it's super super corrupt and wicked so this is the perfect place for this to happen and a place where you would expect this to happen if it was going to happen so the the sheriff's department there are just they're they're hostile toward him the guy just lost lost his wife and they don't care they're hostile every place he's went he's either you know the fema said fema agent said get out of here you don't have any right to look for your wife. We don't care. Then the Red Cross say, oh, what are you talking about? FEMA was never even here. And now he's getting met with hostility by the Humboldt County Sheriff Department and and wanting to, um, and I'll just back this up a hair, and I'm, I'm sorry I keep doing that, but there's so many points to cover here on all the gaslighting and all of the wicked behavior going on. And this is why you don't want to be in these places, if, if at all, if you can possibly avoid it. The Sheriff's Office. A sheriff's deputy, he said, greeted him with apathy and hostility. Apathy. Quoting him again, they were more interested in microscopically looking to see if I had a criminal history than they were hearing about my missing wife. They took the report, but only after asking me if I was a firearms owner and how many guns are in my household. Wow. Something very fishy is going on. I mean, this is, this is pure. California is... 100% ground zero for pure evil. And I think the more wicked a place becomes, the more access Satan has to do these types of things where there is no righteousness, there is no justice, there is only wickedness and evil you can expect to achieve and to get in places like this where wickedness has totally become the norm. And I believe FEMA knows what happened to my wife and that other woman I saw in the restroom too, Mr. Hidalgo said. That concludes the short article I wish to read today. I hope everyone is... So, I, I mean, this is so unbelievable. So, some of the contents below, comments, I'm sorry, below this report, I'm just going to read you some of these. Uh, I think they have been disappearing homeless people for years now. Terrifying, yes, the homeless people is where they really started disappearing people. Where they've had whole communities of homeless people, uh, and I know in California where it would be like a tent city one night that, that like the local residents saw and I mean that had been there for a long time and then all of a sudden they come by the next day and every single person's gone. I'm talking every single one. And the only thing left over is all their stuff in the shopping carts they had. And the shopping carts are all neatly in rows. I mean this is ha this is happening and has happened in California and I, I dare say who knows how many times. And in other places too, but California seems to be more ground zero. So yes, the homeless people are where they've been beta testing this on, but now they're moving toward the, the general population and they're using these um, manufactured crises like this in order to do this under the guise of this. And understand something, wherever you're going to have crisis, wherever you're going to have chaos, that's where Satan is going to show up and try to impose his will under the cover of night. So, you know, that stuff starts happening in your area. You better, you need to be prayed up and, and you know, right with God and <laughs> all of the other things I've talked about with spiritual warfare. Because you don't know who's going to be showing up, you know, at your front door type of thing. Another comment reads, it said, you know, they have, you know, they have, meaning they've been disappearing homeless for years now, just like Nazi Germany, the Georgia Guidestones are here. Georgia Guidestone, First Commandment, reduce world population to 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. So you're looking at almost a 95% reduction 
is which is where their goal is, according to Georgia Guidestones, the Ten Commandments of the New World Order. Another comment read, yeah, it's scary. Remember Houston with Hurricane Harvey? Well, I've done just key Hurricane Harvey. I did a whole teaching on how they were disappearing people. They were sending in kill teams. They're sending in kill teams where these areas where they're getting flooded, where hurricanes are coming through, and it's the FEMA, it's the FEMA black ops like kill teams they're sending in to just randomly kill as many people as they can under the guise of this thing. Oh, they got drowned. They got blown away. They got whatever. Yeah, well, there's no communications. There's no all the electrical grids down. There's no way of, you know, and that's why they go in. And I really believe they're doing it for, for sport, for fun, to reduce population just because they can because they're sacrifices to satan i don't know all the different reasons but it's all pure evil um another comment read anyone with common sense should leave california now and don't look back disturbing on all levels take notice this is real harvesting watch your backs they're harvesting humans guys and again is this because they're doing organ harvesting well they're you know they've got mobile execution vans in china which is the template for the rest of us. And, um, you know, those organs are worth a lot of money in the black market. Another guy said, I'm in California and I heard this also, meaning he heard what was in this video. Also, I heard Walmart is making camps to house the homeless. Oh boy, that would be ground zero where you don't want to be. Sounds like a trap to me. Another one said, how long ago was Katrina? It was going on then. He's right. I just can Katrina in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I did that whole study, how they disappeared thousands of people after Katrina took them away on buses amid all of that chaos. Remember, Satan's trying to bring in Ordo Ab Cal, the 33rd degree Freemasonic oath, uh, the Freemasonic motto, which is order out of chaos. They create the chaos and they bring in the new world order and they and along the way they sacrifice a lot of people. Another guy said it um, I said this over a year ago that these camps are just extermination camps. No doubt this is connected to organ harvesting. Yep. The last comment said, There is no doubt in my mind that FEMA is working with PG and E and causing these deliberate power outages and fires to nab the people they think will be a threat to them. Well, to a certain extent, I also think they're crimes of opportunity. If it's somebody that that you know um is even even a liberal, if they can if they can nab them and they fit whatever criteria, I think they're gonna get them too. Selling human organs is big business and makes a lot of money. And that's what takes place on the FEMA barges. Now, the FEMA barges I have mentioned also, which are these barges where they will, um, on areas where these disasters happen that are close to the coastline, these FEMA barges come and they have the kill teams on there and they will take people um, inland and they will bring them to the barges. And here he's going to get into what he believes happens. And I, I've heard this confirmed um, from a lot of other different sources. After the people, especially Christians, are tortured and beheaded and their organs are removed, they are dumped overboard into the shark-infested waters and FEMA will wait for another man-made catastrophe to come in and attack again. And remember, people, and remember people, FEMA also throws anybody who does not cooperate with them overboard into the shark-infested waters. FEMA is dirty, a dirty, filthy, fascist, satanic branch of government that Donald Trump praises. 
Now again, I'm not I'm not reading that to put fear in your in your heart, but I'm and that's his take on it. I wouldn't I wouldn't put anything past FEMA if they're willing to abduct people in broad daylight and sending in kill teams and things of this nature. But remember, God is always bigger than all of this. Remember the Psalms that we just read. Remember, it doesn't matter what level of technology they may achieve. God is still going to be infinitely bigger and stronger. And he goes on to say, and you know what the sad thing about this is that Donald Trump is running around telling everybody how wonderful FEMA is and is totally praising them. And most Americans are so blind, they can't even see it or they don't want to listen to it. Look up Donald Trump denies Jesus Christ on national television and also look up Donald Trump praises FEMA. That's for all you people in denial and trolls out there that don't want to believe that this is true. Don't ask me to provide anything to you people that are in denial or trolls. Look it up for yourself. Do your own homework. You can find it right on YouTube. Yeah, um, I can't really argue with, with what he's saying there. Now, I'm going to go ahead and cover a couple more things on California. But before I get to that, because now we're on the subject of Trump, I just I, I, I kind of feel like I have to go into this again. And this next part is entitled, Are We Here Yet? In 1981, William Casey, CIA director, told President Reagan, quote, We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. Now, that... That quote, this week, really started popping into my head a lot. And I believe it was the Holy Spirit convicting me about this. And I looked up the quote, and it wasn't debunked anywhere. And I actually found the source of the quote. And um, what kind of prompted this is, everywhere I'm looking now, almost everyone in alternative media is... is even ones that were seem to be exposing Trump before have all got back on the Trump train. And everything Trump's doing, he's fighting and fighting. He's sending Marines here and there. He's doing this. He's doing that. I even saw one, you know, now there's a big trend in, in the Q movement where they're saying Donald Trump, um, the whole fires in PG&E. Well, guess what? That wasn't actually, that was um, under the cover of um under the guys that q annan you know the, the whole q thing I, i'm just like this is just one report and this is constant on before it's news california underground bases raided dumbs eight um all of these things where i've i've they said that the reason this happened was that they turned out the lights in California. It wasn't all the wicked, wicked points I brought up last week and we, we've looked at this year. Nothing evidently wicked even went on with this. Evidently, the, the dues and, and PG&E and all of this stuff is all good. It's all wonderful. The reason that the power outage happened this time with PG&E is because Donald Trump was going to send in all of these thousands of Marines and raid all of these underground bases and liberate all these children that were in like these... Um, I don't know, pedophile underground bases. That's what really the reason it happened. It wasn't anything that we documented how all of the wickedness that we've covered in the last just two weeks alone. No, it wasn't that at all. It was actually something good. And I, I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words with the alternative media not just going along with all of this 
and insane. It's actually everything that that can clearly be identif identified as evil is actually good. That's becoming the norm now in alternative media is the point I'm trying to make. This is just from today, this report, underground bases raided. This is from the Q movement. Um, I feel Tulsi will be the one they activate to oppose President Trump. Yes, they will play a game of trying to push her down, but she is the next ally to Hillary. So see, it's this big war between Trump and Hillary and the left and the Democrats. And Trump's fighting this courageous war and he's on our side. And that is the constant narrative that is being pushed in Sean Hannity, Limbaugh, everybody in the alternative right, everybody in the alternative um, media that isn't even like the larger ones, like Limbaugh on them. The Q movement, the Christians, Kim, um, Jonathan Conjob, Mark Taylor, the false prophets. I've done studies on them. They're all doubling and tripling down on that Trump is this man of God. Even though he's a pedophile that clearly engaged in sex acts with Jeffrey Epstein and there's multiple eyewitnesses to that effect even though he had six different lawsuits where he paid off six different families three little boys and three little girls gigantic settlements so much to the point where he had to claim bankruptcy and that's when the Rothschilds came in and bailed him out but I get evidently he's 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 learned from his wicked ways and he's turned from all of that and now he's fighting for righteousness even though he's never repented of any of it even though he's never owned up to any of it. He's evidently the man of God now. This goes on to say, YHVH, which is their acronym for um, Yehovah or whatever, which actually is the Tetragrammaton, which is actually one of the most wicked high-level things that witchcraft occultists use, and I've done a whole study on this, just key in sacred name, Okay, I don't ever use that acronym. Doesn't mean God. But they said YHVH has spoken it through Kim Clement, another false prophet, who I think is dead now. I will put my man in office. This is Trump. And they shall shout impeach. But nay, says the Most High God, not a hair on his head will be harmed. This serial pedophile, not a hair on his head will be harmed. Totally yoked up with the Rothschilds. Has been for decades. Roy Cohen. Totally yoked up. That was his mentor. Wicked, evil, devil, sodomite guy that had parties with where he, the, all the gay people, gay guys would dress up as like Roman soldiers. Donald Trump was one of them. There was a picture that came out recently of him at one of Roy Cohen's parties when he was young, like when he was in his early 20s. He was there. That's his mentor. Totally yoked up with the mob, wicked, evil, and corrupt. That's Donald Trump's mentor. Totally yoked up with the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers. Every wicked, evil thing he could be yoked up with. They own him, lock, stock, and barrel. A Kabbalist, a self-admitted Kabbalist, even admitted it in his book. Read you the quote last week again. In order to have a Kabbalah teacher, you have to have converted to the synagogue of Satan religion. And I'm talking about, you know, 
Shabbat Lubavitch. Just like Jared Kushner's son-in-law is. Just like Ivanka, his daughter. Just like Marilyn, Marilyn Maples, his ex-wife. They're all Kabbalists. Donald Trump's converted a long time ago. Highest form of Jewish witchcraft. But see, nobody wants to look at any of that. No, that doesn't exist. He's the man of God. I, I, I told you, I've said this openly on air. I'm like, God, if, if I'm deluded about this, and I'm, if I'm deceiving my listeners, strike me dead today. It's not like you need my permission. I just don't want to deceive anybody. If Mark Taylor's a man of God, and Kim Clement's a man of God, and Jonathan Conjob's a man of God, and, and all the things they're saying about Trump prophetically is true, then I need to die, God. I need to die. I need to be off this planet because I'm the most deceived, deluded person that's ever walked the earth. Scott Johnson. But I'm still here. I'm still here. And I have pointed out all the lies of Mark Taylor and Jonathan Conjob and all of the lies that are being perpetuated about Trump. Openly. Easily provable. I've got two files on Trump. I can't have one because if I had one, it would be so hard to even go through it all. I still haven't even covered all the stuff I have on Trump yet. But it says here, um, YHVH has spoken through Kim Clement. I will put my man in office and they shall shout impeach, but nay, says the Most High God, not a hair in his head will be harmed. He will do my will, saith the Lord God. President Trump will go into the White House whispering my name, but will shout my name in his first term. It's funny, I haven't heard him shout the name yet. According to whoever David Robbins is. I'm, I'm just reading this. You know, they're, they're just acting like Trump is this awaited savior. It's so sickening. And now they're giving him credit. They're saying that the actual PG&E thing is actually a good thing. The light's going out because they liberated all these children in these underground. How do you have it both ways is what I'm saying. How could it be something so openly and in your face nefariously evil? And yet, no, it was actually a good thing. Sounds like a psyop. You know, sounds like gaslighting. No, no, it's a good thing. What do you mean? This whole thing with Trump. He's a good guy. He's not evil. Yes, you've got like nine tons of evidence that proves he's evil. And this goes back decades and decades. Sure, sure you do. But all of that is erased because we say so. And because we've got our false prophet saying he's, he's God's man. Everybody's on this train now again. Dave Hodges. Alex, I mean, Alex Jones never got off it. Everywhere, almost every single, even True News, even True News, from what I've been seeing as of lately, they've even kind of, they're even not really attacking him. Not from the, not from the broadcast I'd seen. No, they're not exposing him anymore. Um, Ted Brower's still doing it. I don't think to the extent he should be. I think he should go a lot further. That's my opinion. Um, but I'm, I'm looking through all of these different sources that I go to on a daily basis and hardly anyone is really going against Trump anymore. And this is why I believe that I got so convicted about this quote and my, 
Somebody had sent me a video, one of the many videos where it's like I can't even hardly watch the alternative media videos because there's so much commingled now about how Trump is our savior. Mike Adams one of the worst ones as well. There's so much leaven now commingled with even the alternative media things. It, honestly, I think a lot of it's because they're just so afraid. They're afraid to believe that if Trump is not who we think he might be, then we have no hope because their hope is truly in this world and it truly is in Trump being some type of righteous savior to them. I think God's brought us to this point where the deception is so great, but it's, uh, it's also so obvious what's going on for those with eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, that we'll have no choice but to, for those that really want the truth, that ha really have a love for the truth, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Do you understand that when you hold Trump up as some type of messianic savior figure, you're taking pleasure. You're showing you have no love for the truth and you're taking pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, I'm not saying this, you know, like to my listeners so much. I'm saying this just to the general populace out there. The stuff I've covered from February alone, I mean, if that doesn't convince people about Trump, I don't know what will. And there's no magic wand. There's no satanic magic wand that you can wave over that information and just make it disappear and go away you'd have to erase history on trump and it cannot be done a tree is known by its fruit if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do his foundation was corrupt from the beginning trump was wicked from the beginning from his early childhood he was wicked narcissistic pride-filled devil would sell us, sold us soul a long time ago for the love of money. Perverse pedophile. This covers his track. Total pathological liar. But people in the, in the alternative media and on the right, they don't want to hear it. They don't even want to look at it. Don't confuse me with the facts. My mind's made up. They're... They're in a very bad position, biblically speaking. I do believe this is part of the strong delusion. The strong delusion, I believe, has many aspects to it. But if you think that Trump is this man of God, you are demonically blinded at this point. And you've got to break free from that. And I'm not talking so much, again, to my listeners, but I'm talking people in general. And I see no effort by people to do that in alternative media. They're still touting Trump as, you know, whatever. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. It only takes a little amount of bad doctrine, of lies, to totally cloud your thinking process. In response to a video that was sent to me that was, you know, again, promoting Trump, I tried to watch it earlier, and I, this was a response to one of my listeners, but that guy is such a Trumpite, I could only take so much. It's like this guy and almost everyone else in alternative media and Christianity will totally ignore the information and the attachments to this email. And it's like, you know, I've got like, I don't know, probably close to 100 pages now on Trump. I don't even know what it is. It's gigantically voluminous. 
A lot of it I've covered, a lot of it I haven't. I just don't have time. They'll totally ignore all that information in the attachments to the email and promote that Trump is here to save us all, even though he is totally owned by the Rothschilds and they are the same ones that own PG&E and many other power companies and they also totally own the mainstream media. So the Hegelian dialectic's all about problem, reaction, solution. We control both sides of the narrative, right, left paradigm. We control them both. We've been warned about this for years, but we make you think there's this big internal struggle. Nancy Pelosi, they're going to impeach Trump, Ukraine, all of this. I don't even pay any attention to that anymore. It's all theater to get our eyes fixed on that. And if you buy into any of that, you start thinking, well, Trump must be a good guy. Because if he wasn't a good guy, why are they trying to impeach him so bad? I understand how you could come to that conclusion. I was there for a long time too, to a certain extent, before he got really overt with his wickedness. And before I really started looking at his past. I, I mean, I've, I would be the first to admit it. But it's gotten so flagrant since February. And then I really looked at his past that, you know, I realized that, you know, I needed to repent of that. It's nothing's going to make this go away regarding Trump. Nothing. Now you've got all these false prophets shouting that he's this man of God. And, you know, Sid Roth bringing all these false prophets onto his show and using that as a platform. Absolutely, totally, gut-wrenchingly sickening. The quote, this quote keeps going through my head over and over as I believe we are at that point where that quote is a total reality. And that's the one we kind of already read and I'll read it again. As even those in alternative media are totally dilute, diluted and brainwashed at this point. This is from Barbara Honiger. She studied at Stanford University. Here's a link to her. This post was upvoted by Mark Berger, a former legislative aide for the U, for a united states senator and it they're asking about this quote and it said did william casey cia cia director really say we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the american public believes is false is that a real quote Mar barbara honiger said i am the source for this quote which was indeed said by cia director william casey at an earlier february 1981 meeting of the newly elected president reagan with his cabinet secretaries to report to him on what they had learned about their agencies in the first couple of weeks in the administration the meeting was in the roosevelt room in the west wing of the white house not far from the cabinet room i was present at the meeting as an assistant to the chief of domestic policy advisor to the president as he did to all other secretaries of their departments and agencies, Reagan asked what he saw as their goal as the director for the CIA, to which he replied with this quote. Can you imagine replying with that quote to the president? This is the goal of the CIA. We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. Yeah, but that's the CIA. At least he was being honest. And there was witnesses there that heard it. She's chief witness sure there was others is that where we're at right now is the whole reason i said all of this because now even the right and the left are, are almost equally as deluded as far as i can see regarding this whole facade with trump
will know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. Are we there? We're, we're as close to this as any time I've ever seen in history because the right and the left are totally deluded at this point. And I'm, I'm including the vast majority of Christians in that. Yep. Are we at the time of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2? Absolutely. We're there. I'm not saying this is, this may just be the tip of the spear of the strong delusion coming. We haven't even got into like the, can you imagine if we had the whole alien thing go on, the Project Blue Beam, and the coming of the false prophet, the Antichrist? That's going to be a whole other level. Can you see how the churches are all going to follow along with this? Go along with whatever these false prophets are saying? Whatever the government tells them? Because they're already yoked up with the government anyway with their 501c3 corporate status. Already yoked up. They better stay in line or they'll lose that exact that status. They'll lose the subsidies. They'll lose that thing. Can't have that. They'll lose a lot of people too. Their congregations. So I'll read the last line again. As he did to all the other secretaries of their departments and agencies, Reagan asked what he saw as his as his goal as the director of the CIA, to which he replied to this quote, which I recorded in my notes of the meeting as he said it. Shortly thereafter, I told senior White House correspondent Sarah McClendon, who was also a close friend and colleague, who in turn made it then public. Wow. This is Barbara Honiger. There's her email address if you want to email her. You see anything that refuted it either. Not one thing. And this is the quote that kept going through my head over and over this week. Is I'm in absolute total like disbelief with the Trump thing anymore. It's only getting worse. Honestly. It's just only getting worse. With this Trump delusion thing. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and end part one here we're going to couple a cover couple of cover cover a couple more points regarding california and then we will go from there so god bless you and we will see you in part two scott johnson's 1000 plus audio teachings and pdf documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.